Hey guys, before we start today's episode, I just want to stop by and give you an update on the status of Let It Shine and the giveaway that we just got done doing, as well as telling you what I've been loving recently. So first off, Let It Shine. Where are we at and how often are we doing podcasts? So I first off just want to apologize in saying that recently it has been um, kind of confusing, I'm sure, as to there's not been a uh, regular schedule when the podcasts come out. They're just coming out very randomly, usually about once a month or so. I just want to say sorry for that. Um, right now with uh, COVID and everything going on, it is a little bit harder to, to get guests on the podcast, and it is a very busy time of summer. And so as of right now, like I gave you in my last update, I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants, and just as the guests come, we are recording and getting those recordings out as soon as possible. And so as right now, I do not have any regular scheduled broadcasts, I guess. Um, We're just taking them as they come and getting them out there as soon as possible. And so that's the update there. Um, It might be another two or three months before we get an episode. It might be a, a few weeks before we get another episode. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for being patient and for listening to all of my ramblings as well as the beautiful poetry of everybody else that has shared their stories on here. Uh, just from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you, and which leads me into the Instagram giveaway that we just got done doing. I want to say thank you so much for everybody that participated in that giveaway. There will be more giveaways to come in the future um and yeah so stay tuned for that we are planning on doing a few more giveaways in the future here um and if you are not already following the let it shine podcast on instagram head on over there and hit us up with a follow and you can email in any questions if you want to be on the podcast if you have a story that you want to share uh, if you have any suggestions for people that we should interview uh, email is right there in my bio at the Instagram. You can also go to the Let It Shine Podcast.com and there you will find my email, phone number, as well as the podcast merch. We just dropped some new merch here recently. The Let It Shine 2.0. Go ahead, go check it out. It's over on Bonfire and you just go to my website and click on the link there. It'll take you right over there. Um, and yes, I do want to say as far as pricing goes for the items, some of you might think that the pricing is a little bit steep and honestly it is. I wish I could be giving the stuff away. I I, I don't want to make anything off of the clothing. I make very, very little off the clothing in general, but due to Bonfire's regulations in order to be able to, um, purchase to print in order for every purchase to be able to be printed as they come in, I had to set the prices to a specific amount in order to be able to make sure that everybody gets their orders and that we don't have to have a certain threshold of orders before they actually print. Um, so that's the reason for the the pricing. I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, I, I thank you so much for everybody that has supported the Bonfire campaign and has been repping the merch. Huge shout out to you all. You all are really the real MVPs of this podcast. So so thank you for that. All right. And now for what I've been loving recently. I have just discovered this. And this is a shout out to all of my Gen Zers who absolutely love the the, the, the drink of life. The, the caffeine that is to come from it. The uh, whatever else you want to say. Whatever else you want to call it. I am, of course... Speaking of that black gold, that goodness, which is coffee, I have recently been on the hunt for some really good coffee, and not only really good coffee, but a coffee subscription. There's many coffee subscriptions out there. I just have not been feeling good about supporting them, um, wasting my money on the coffee, and I came across Grace Coffee. Yes, that's right, Grace Coffee. They have a coffee subscription and have partnered up with Compassion International and proceeds of their um, earnings from their coffee subscriptions go to Compassion International. Absolutely love what they're doing. 
Um, actually, Gabriel Conti, which many of you might know from YouTube, um, Jess and Gabe Conti, he is the founder of Grace Coffee. Super cool guy. And so if you're wanting that coffee fix, head on over to gracecoffee.com or check check them out on Instagram, Grace Coffee on Instagram. Check them out. Honestly, guys, like if you're looking for good quality coffee, this is organic coffee. Not only that, it's a coffee subscription. Um, you can select how often you receive it from two to four to every eight weeks. Um, very customizable. They have different blends. They have K-cups. They have, yeah, lots of different blends of coffee. And right now, for the next two weeks, every coffee subscription comes with a very cool Grace coffee mug. So if you're looking for good quality coffee and want to support a very good cause in Compassion International as well, head on over to gracecoffee.com, sign up, and I am sure you will not regret that. I have my order in and cannot wait to taste this coffee. So without further ado, this is Grant Bontrager from Kansas sharing his testimony and what God has done in his life. I hope you all enjoy. everybody to yet another episode of let it shine and this evening i am joined with grant bontrager grant first off welcome in and yeah why don't you give us a little bit uh tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from and um yeah what you do for work let's start with that okay well i am from arlington kansas south central kansas area close to hutch area and um, I, uh, for work, I deliver storage barns and uh, shipping containers as well. So uh, I do a lot of driving, travel the, travel the state, and uh, yeah, really enjoy my job. And uh, I enjoy interacting with people, so it, it works out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very nice. Well, first off, thank you for that intro. And uh, for those of you who don't know, this is a little bit of a different podcast because Grant and I have never met in person before. Um, we have been texting back and forth the past few weeks to get this set up and ran into a few technical difficulties trying to, to get things worked out here. Um, but we are connected here and hopefully this will work out. And so, yeah, we've, we've only, uh, only started talking to each other just a few minutes ago. And, but that is the coolness, I guess, of first off technology and then the platform to be able to do this, to have a podcast like this, to connect to new people, to meet new people and to hear stories. And Grant has a, a very special story and testimony that um, really, really challenged me and inspired me. Um, he was at our church about two to three weeks ago, and I was not able to be there, but I was able to call in and listen to his testimony. And it was very, very powerful. And I, after he was finished with his testimony, I knew I had to at least reach out to him and see if he wouldn't be willing to, to share with everybody here on the Let It Shine podcast audience um, his testimony and what God has done in his life. So Grant, thank you so much for um, yeah, being willing to hop on here and share your story. And without further ado, I think I'm gonna just turn it over to you and you can start wherever you wish. Um, and yeah, I will, I will let you just share your story. And once you're done, I will have a few follow-up questions for you. Um, but yeah, I will turn it over to you at this point. Okay, well, it's uh, this is a bit different than I've ever, uh ever spoken before. It's uh, definitely different sharing my testimony in my bedroom, but that's the way it is tonight. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited to, uh, to be here on the podcast with you. And uh, yeah, what I want to, what I want to share this evening, um, the story that I'm going to share is very different than 
you have probably ever heard before. But what I want to focus on is, is God's plan, first of all, for our lives. And second of all, that God wants to use the hurt and the pain in our lives. Hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes, you know, at the time we don't, when we're going through something, we don't understand or we can't, we don't, we, we can't grasp why God allows things to happen to us. Um, and for most of us, you know, our stories begin back or, you know, when we're, when we're born. Well, my story begins as a, the background goes back to about the mid to late sixties or so. Um, my grandparents, I, I am adopted and, um, my, uh, my grandparents had, uh, had eight children, uh, five girls, no, five or six girls and two boys. And, um, they, uh, but three of their girls were, uh, severely mentally handicapped with what is known as cerebral palsy. It's a condition, um, that can occur, I think, in the womb and they're, uh, there's varying, uh, I guess, severity of it, but it's a, uh, they're basically um, physically and uh, mentally uh, deformed and, uh, and mentally slow. And uh, so it was when the first two, when the two oldest girls that were handicapped were about nine years old and uh, five years old, they, uh, they sent them to a, uh, a state hospital a few hours from home where they could receive better care um, just simply because there was they they did not have the uh, the the strength or or the time to care for them as they needed and that was that was incredibly difficult for them to uh, to do that because of um, you know to them it felt like they were giving their children away and, uh, you know, that's something that no parent should ever have to do. But, you know, God, God can use those difficult things, you know, because too often when we're, in, when we're in the middle of something, we don't, we don't see the big picture. And, um, but as time goes on, we can understand why God allows things like that to happen. Um, about 25 years later, they got a phone call one afternoon from this from the president of this hospital and uh, he told them that he along with some of his advisors or whatever you want to call it um, they were coming out to their place to discuss something important well they didn't they didn't know what was what was going on they knew that that the youngest girl there had uh had some health issues and they weren't sure what was going on but they um they they came out to their place and uh, they sat down at the kitchen table for this meeting, and uh, and the doctor told them or the the president told them there that the uh, that their youngest girl there at the hospital was uh, she had been sexually assaulted and raped by a nurse and was six months pregnant. Now these girls were functioning at around three to six months of age their whole lives and they they required constant care and uh that's why they were in the hospital in the first place and um and here they have this this awful situation on their hands and you know it's it's something that no parent you know ever wants to go through obviously anybody wants to go through um it was just the whole thing was just so so awful but um the doctor told them that um, they had how they had found out was they noticed that that she was getting fat and they thought that maybe she had a tumor in her stomach or something, and so they had done an X-ray to uh, to see what was going on and they found a baby, me inside, and they uh, they told the family that you know you you can you can have an abortion, you know, you could do an abortion and, uh, and go on with your life and we'll, we'll put the guy who did it in prison. 
And, uh, you know, they, they could have, they could have done that, but they didn't because they believed that God could, could somehow use this situation to, to bring glory to himself, you know, and at the time they didn't, they didn't know how God would ever do that, but they, um, they chose to believe that God could. And so they, they had a meeting with a doctor the next morning and, uh, they told the doctor that two wrongs don't make a right and that no matter what the situation is that they find, that they find themselves in, um, abortion is out of the question. And uh, one of their daughter-in-laws was there at the meeting. She just happened to be there for this meeting. And, uh, and she, she said that, they, that she would like to have, she would like to adopt me. And um, so I was, I was born way, way early. They're not sure exactly how far along I was, but I was born way early. Um, I weighed three pounds and six ounces when I was born. And for those of you that, for those that know me, I am now six foot three. So uh, one of the, uh, one of the ministers or one of the old friends of mine at church said that he's now six that I'm now six foot three so things kind of got flip-flop there a little bit but um so uh, my my biological dad after after the whole incident came out they did they were going to do DNA testing on all of the uh, all the all the male nurses there to uh, to find the father and he knew that there was no way that he would ever get by with what happened so he um uh, he turned himself in to authorities and he served one month short of 10 years in prison for what he did. And from what I've heard, those were very difficult years for him. So uh, I was born way early. Like I said, the, um, there was a nurse who became kind of became my, my mom's personal attendant, if you will, um, after the whole incident came up and uh, she went into labor about a month before I was born. Um, but for some reason, things stopped. They didn't know, they didn't know why, but things stopped and then they took her back to the hospital and I was born about a month later then. But when I was, when my mother went into labor, when I was born, well, the whole, the news, the news media got a hold of this thing because you know it's obviously a story that you really don't hear about that often and it was it was all over the newspapers and uh some of my grandma's cousins from Oregon even saw it on TV so it was it was a big deal but they um, they got to the hospital they got to the the doors of the of the hospital where they, where she was staying to uh to load her up in the ambulance and they were met by this flood of media reporters and she pushed them back until they uh, they got her in the in the ambulance and they uh they asked her which hospital they're going to well she told them some heart hospital um on the west side of, of town so they all jumped in their vehicles and ripped off for that hospital and she jumped in the in the ambulance and she told them to uh get to uh another hospital as fast as she as fast as they could so uh, she sent the uh, the news reporters on a on a detour but um I, and in a way I'm kind of glad because I'm I wouldn't have wanted all of that extra um <laughs> the extra media attention you know as a kid so um I was adopted at birth by my aunt and uncle, my biological mom's brother and his wife. They had two children of their own and were, they were unable to have more. So they, they adopted me. And um, I was, when I was born, I was actually born naturally, which was a complete miracle in itself because she only weighed 80 or 90 pounds at this time. So it was, it was a complete miracle that she was able to, to actually deliver me. And, uh, so that was, that's always been amazing to me to think about that. So I grew up, I was, I was raised in a, in a very, very good home. Um, had a lot of 
really good times with my siblings um, growing up. But, you know, I, in the back of my mind, I, I'm not sure where I got it, but I always knew that I was adopted and that, um, and that my mom was, was handicapped. And, uh, you know, and as a kid growing up, you know, you always, you don't, nobody wants to be the, the person that feels different or, uh, you know, the kind of the oddball, if you will. And, uh, you know, I, I always just felt different because I knew that my mom was handicapped and, uh, and I knew that, that she was, it was just very different. And I, and I didn't know, I didn't know much about the situation, but I knew just enough to know that it was a very, very difficult, very painful thing for, for the family to talk about. And so I, um, I, I didn't, I didn't want to get in, involved too much because I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring up that stuff from, from way back. You know, I think all of us have things in our lives, places that we just don't go to. And that was, to me, it felt like that was one of those places that, you know, we as a family just didn't go to because it hurt too much. And I, I felt like I, I was stuck in the middle of this thing. And I, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, five, six years old, I had all these questions, you know, why, you know, why is my mom the way she is? And why can't, you know, why can't I just be like everybody else and have a, a real biological mom and dad and, you know, a couple siblings, which, you know, which, you know, I did, but at the same time, I, I just, I just felt different. And, um, you know, like I said, you know, nobody wants to be the oddball. And uh, I began to have a lot of questions. And like I said, you know, just, you know, why is my mom handicapped and just all these different things. But I, I didn't know where to go with this hurt and this pain. Because, you know, while it, you know, it, it felt like God had just kind of brought me onto this earth and then just kind of left me hanging. And, and that really hurt. But I didn't know where to go with that hurt. And uh, so I just kept, I kept all that hurt, all that baggage inside. And, uh, and I didn't let anybody know what I was going through. You know, if somebody would mention, mention my mom or anything like that, I would just try to go around the subject and not, and not actually go there because that was one of those places that I just didn't want to go. But, you know, I had all these questions, you know, why did, you know, who is my dad? Where, where did he go? And it just, all these different things. I didn't know where to go with this hurt. And um, so I just, I just kept everything inside and didn't let anybody know what I was going through. So um, life went on. When I was eight, <clears throat> I, uh, I gave my life to Christ. Um, that was a, it was a very good experience for me. Um, just, just out by myself. It just felt like, like I needed to give my heart to Jesus because, you know, I felt, I felt that need. And uh, that was a very, very good experience for me. But still, you know, at the same time, it didn't, it didn't take, it didn't take care of that, those root, those, those heart issues, that pain, that hurt. Because um, I didn't know, I didn't know where to go with it. So I just kept, you know, packing everything inside. Um, but still, you know, have, having all these questions and, and nowhere to go with it. So uh, when, I was, uh, when I was 12, my uh, er, dad, dad took me aside one morning. And, uh, and he, he got very emotional. I wasn't sure what he was, what was going on. But he, uh, he told me that he had something to tell me. And, uh, and then he proceeded to tell me um, the circumstances around my birth and, uh, and how I came to be. And, you know, as a, as a kid growing up, you know, with all those questions and here, here comes all this new information. Um, it was just, it was almost overwhelming because, you know, I had all this, all this stuff, all these questions, you know, why, why did my dad do what he did? And where did he go? 
you know, why, why can't I see him? And I just felt like I was in the middle of this huge mess. And I, I felt like a mistake. I felt like an accident. You know, where is God? Why didn't God protect my mom? And just all these different questions. And, you know, those are big questions for, for anybody, I, I think. But, you know, for a 12-year-old kid, it was just, it was, like I said, it was almost overwhelming because I didn't know where to go with this hurt. So um, the, uh, the next couple of years were, uh, were very difficult for me. Um, I became very bitter, very bitter at God for allowing me to be brought in, into the situation that I was. And I didn't know where to go with this hurt and this pain. So I, uh, I just kept everything inside. Like, like I, that was the only way, that was the only way I knew to do it was to keep everything inside and not let anybody know what I was actually going through. So, uh, I found, I thought I found my way to, to cope with, with this hurt and this pain. And that was, you know, through either music or, you know, sexual immorality, masturbation, that, that kind of thing. Um, just trying to find something to, to run away, to get away from that hurt and that pain. But, you know, it, that doesn't work. And, uh, you know, I see so many people who, who try to find ways to get away from their hurt and their pain. And uh, the only way to find true, true peace is through Jesus. And, uh, and but I, I didn't, I didn't know that. I mean, yeah, I was raised in a really good home, but I still just didn't, you know, I didn't know where, where to go with this hurt. So, um, like I said, I just kept everything inside and, and didn't let anybody know what I was going through. But on, you know, I just, on the inside, I was just, I was just boiling. I was so angry and, and bitter at God for, for what had happened. So, um, I was just, you know, but on the outside, I was just living my life as smoothly as I could so that nobody would know what I was actually going through on the inside, that hurt and that pain, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to get in the way of, of the family. And, you know, I didn't want to bring up that stuff. And I, you know, I didn't know where to go. So uh, when I was 15, I, uh, I joined the church. I was baptized. Um, it was a it was a good experience for me, um, but you know it's still I still didn't know where to go with that hurt, um, and I think I think there's there's far too many people that that are in the same situation that I was in. So uh, so when when I was uh, 17, there was a very you know, it was a very pivotal point in my in my life. When I was, yeah, like I said, when I was 17, it was the uh, the uh, youth fellowship meetings down in uh, Lot, Texas, and uh, most of the youth group that I was with went down went down there for that. Um, but on the way down, we we picked up or we met um, a young girl from Thomas, Oklahoma. Her name was uh, Stephanie Wenger. Um, I knew her fairly well. Their family came up to our area a fair amount to visit. They had a lot of friends up here. So I, I knew her fairly well. Um, but I had, I had no idea going down that, that my life was about to be changed uh, forever. Um, Sunday afternoon, she was, she was in a motorcycle accident. She went for a ride and they, they had an accident and she wasn't wearing a helmet and had severe head injuries and uh, passed away later that night at the hospital. And uh, I just remember so well being there at the hospital, just, you know, just, just crying out to God, you know, asking, asking him to, to heal her. And, uh, and he chose, you know, he chose to take her home. And, uh, and that was, that was a very, very difficult night for me. Probably one of the hardest nights of my life. Just, you know, just asking God why. Because, you know, it didn't make sense. She was, you know, 16 years old, beautiful girl, had her whole life ahead of her. And it, it just didn't make sense. I just couldn't understand why God would allow that to happen. So, um, 
I became even more bitter and angry at God. And I felt like, I guess I felt like the only way to get, to get away from this was to, uh, was to leave home, you know, I, and I knew that leaving home would just, would, was not the right thing to do, but I didn't, I didn't know where to go or what to do with this hurt that I was, that I was experiencing. So, um, but by the grace of God, mom and dad, um, figured out, they figured out that I was not, that I was not doing well. They didn't, they didn't know everything, but they knew that I was carrying a lot of hurt and a lot of baggage from, from somewhere, you know, maybe way back. They, they weren't sure, but they knew that I needed help. And deep down, you know, I, I knew that I needed help, but I didn't know where to go. So they, um, they scheduled me for counseling with a, uh, <clears throat> with a local couple in our area. They have a, uh, a very small counseling center. It's just, it's, it's an older couple, uh, Hope Ministries out of Partridge, Kansas here. And um, they're just a super, super awesome couple. And uh, they have helped so many people. They use John Regeer's teaching which is uh, called caring for the heart. And, uh, you know, it was exactly what I needed because my heart had been hurt so bad with all this pain, all this, all this stuff that I was dragging along and, you know, not knowing where to go with it. So uh, they were, they were very patient with me as I, as I as I struggled and as I as I worked through as I brought out this hurt and this pain from you know way back and it was I remember going you know every night going there just scared to death because you know I did I didn't know what to expect or what was going to happen and uh and every night I would leave just on cloud nine it was just the most amazing experience um bringing out that hurt and that pain and then giving it to Jesus because that's, that's what's really important is, is, is dealing with the hurt and the pain in our lives. Because if, if we don't, if we don't deal with that hurt and that pain, you know, we, we may think, well, it's not going to, it's not going to affect me. Well, it, it does, whether we, whether we like to admit it or not, it does. Um, the, uh, the second to last session, there at the uh, there at counseling completely changed my life um we had been, we had gone through the first couple sessions we had gone through and found and brought out all that hurt and all that pain from from way back all those questions that i had and then we uh, we took them we took them to jesus in a prayer and it was the most incredible experience I've, I've ever had um the uh, the counselor took me to jesus in a prayer and we went back we went back to that little boy that six-year-old boy with all those questions and all that hurt and um i would ask him a question i would ask jesus a question and he would respond with a thought or a picture in my mind and um, you know, I I don't remember a lot of the uh, a lot of the prayer, um, I, but I do remember the, the the first part just so well. Probably the reason I don't remember it is because I was crying so hard. Um, it was just the most powerful experience I've ever had. Um, the first the first question that I asked Jesus was, "Why am I here? Why was I created?" And He said, "You're here." for a purpose. You know, my, my entire life, I thought that I was an accident. I thought that, that I didn't matter. And, uh, and I asked him, what is, what is that purpose? And he said, so I could be glorified through a bad situation. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't know how God would ever glorify, him, glorify himself through that. And, um, the next question that I had for Jesus was, you know, when I was, when I was in the hospital, when I was born, were you there? Because it was very important for me to know that, that Jesus was there 
And he said, yes. And, uh, and I asked him, I asked him, did, did you hold me? And, and he said, yes. And then he gave me a picture of him holding me there in the hospital. And that was, that was such a beautiful, beautiful experience. Um, but the, uh, the one question that I always had for Jesus was why? Why didn't he protect my mom when she was, when she was being raped? And, um, and so, I, you know, I, I asked him when, when my mom was being raped, were you there? And, uh, and he said, yes. And, uh, and I asked him, what were you doing? And he said, I was crying. And I, uh, I asked him, why didn't you stop him? And he said, because I have a plan. And I asked him what that plan is. And he said, I want you to go to prisons and churches and share your story. You know, I, I, I've, I've thought about that so many times, you know, why, why would God want me to go to prisons and churches and share my story? Well, I believe that, that prisons and churches is where God can bring people to slow them down enough to where, they're gonna, to where they can identify and deal with the hurt and the, uh, and the pain in their lives. Because if we don't ever deal with that hurt and that pain, that bitterness, we'll never truly be free. And, um, and it was just such a, such a blessing to, to be there and, and go through that. And if, you know, if there's anybody that will ever listen to this and you've, you have hurt and pain, I would, I would highly encourage you to, to go get counseling. You know, I think too often a lot of people think that counseling is for, for people that are messed up. Well, there's a lot of messed up people in this world. And I think each one of us have hurt and pain in our lives. I know we do because we need to, we have to deal with that hurt. Like I said, um, so um, a few months later, I was having my devotions one evening and thinking about what God had called me to and uh, the calling that he had placed on my life. And I was, I had just turned 19, like a few days before I went through counseling. So, you know, I was just this young kid and I, I didn't know, you know, I was, you know, I was having my devotions and I'm like, God, you know, how, how can I do this? It's just, it just seems so overwhelming. You know, who, who's going to support me in my ministry? And, um, well, God, God came back with the biggest answer that he could. He said, all of heaven is behind you, cheering you on. And, and when I think about that, you know, I know so many people who have gone on before. But, you know, I had to think especially of the, uh, of the millions and millions and millions of babies who have been aborted in the last, you know, 50 years or whatever. You know, to think about that, that I have millions and millions of supporters. It just, it's just so incredible to me to think about that and, um, and to, for me to be able to go out and be their voice and, and share my story of, of God's purpose and God's plan for each of our lives. It's just, it's just such a blessing to do that. So um, in, uh, in January of 2012, I went down to uh, Calvary Bible School down in Arkansas. Um, I was signed up for three weeks for first term there, but um, I went home after two weeks. Um, dad, dad had been battling cancer off and on for about seven years. And so I, I went down knowing that I may have to come home. <clears throat> and uh, so the, the one night I did get the phone call that, that things were not, not looking good and I would need to come home if I, if I wanted to talk to him yet. And uh, so I ended up going home then. But before, but before I went home, um, the one night I had never, I had never shared my story with anyone before, 
and uh, I had, you know, I've thought a lot about it, but I never had, I'd never shared it with anyone before. And that night, the one night before the service, I, I prayed that God would give me a verse or a passage of scripture that I can use for when I share my story. And that night, the guy that was preaching, he read from Jeremiah 1, and um, verses 5 through 10 just hit me so hard. Um, I'll read them here. It says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I have appointed thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. <clears throat> but Jehovah said unto me, Say not, I am a child. For to whomsoever I shall send thee, thou shalt go, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of them, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith Jehovah. Then Jehovah put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and Jehovah said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down and to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Those verses have been such a blessing to me when I read them. Um, to think that before, you know, before God ever, before this whole thing ever happened, God, God knew and God had a plan. You know, even though his plan doesn't make sense sometimes, we know that, that he does have a plan. Um, so like I said, um, dad was, um, really struggling with his health and, um, he passed away about a month after I got, I got home then. And that was a very, very difficult experience for us as a family, obviously. Um, he was 53 when he passed away and, um, it was a very difficult time for us as a family, but we, we know where he's at and that is such a blessing to know that. <clears throat> um, it was around, it was around the time of, of dad's passing that I, uh, I decided I was going to start the search for my biological dad, but I had, I hadn't really no idea where I was going to start. I knew he'd been in prison and I knew he, that he'd gotten out, but I had no idea where he was at. So, um, I had visited with some of the rest of the family about it and had, got their permission or their, their blessing, I guess, to, uh, to, to go search for him, you know, go, go try to find him. But like I said, you know, I had no idea where to start, but I found out that I had a coworker that had been in prison with him and knew him fairly well. Um, and this was an older gentleman and I didn't, we were in different departments. So I, I didn't see him very, very much. <clears throat> but the uh, the one day we happened to be working together on a project and I asked him if he knows if he knows my dad um Jeff Jeff Walker is my dad's name and um so um oh yeah he said I know him very well we're we're friends on Facebook and I have his phone number and everything so um you know there was there was my uh there was my way to go meet him <clears throat> but it, you know, it, it took another, took about another year or so for me to get up enough courage to, to do it. But the, uh, the one night or yeah, sorry, the one, the one morning I was on my way to work. It was a Thursday morning and, uh, heading to work and I prayed that God would give me the opportunity. You know, I was like, God, you know, if this is actually going to work for me to meet uh, Jeff, my dad, <clears throat> have uh, Dale, my coworker, and I meet in private, and uh, went on to work. Didn't think too much of it. And uh, ten o'clock break came, first break, and uh, we're all walking up to the to the break room, and uh, here came Dale, my coworker, walking through the shop, and I'm like, oh my goodness, because now here here he is now. Now I now I actually have to to go through with this, which, you know, I wanted to, but I was obviously terrified. So um, I stopped him and we started visiting a little bit about it. And, uh, and, um, and uh, he said, yeah, 
I told him, you know, I'm, I'm ready to meet him whenever, whenever it works. And he, uh, oh, he was all excited. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do and uh, get back with you. So, you know, I, I figured it would be a few weeks before he got back with me. But he, uh, he came back about 1045 that same morning. And he's like, yeah, we'll Saturday at two work. And uh, I just about had a heart attack on the spot. But um, I said, yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to do that. And um, <coughs> so he, um, we met there at Dale's, there we met, yeah, we met there at Dale's place. And uh, that was, that was a very, very interesting meeting, uh, meeting him. Um, I walked in the door and um, the first thing that he said is, this has been a long time in coming. And um, so uh, uh, I wasn't sure what to say. You know, I shook his hand and met him and stuff. And we, we had a very, you know, good talk, just getting to know each other and a little bit and that kind of thing. And when we met the first time, I asked him if he would be willing to meet any of the rest of the family. Um, some of the aunts and uncles had expressed interest in meeting him sometime. And um, <clears throat> he said that he would be willing to do that. So a few months later, we had a family reunion here in the area. And, um, and all the aunts and uncles from out of state were able to go meet him and his wife, along with grandpa and grandma and mom as well. And um, that was a very, very awesome meeting. It was very tense. There were a lot of emotions, but it was so beautiful to see the power of forgiveness and how that God can can use, God can redeem even the most awful of situations. And that was that was such a blessing. <clears throat> in uh, in June of 2015, he uh, he he sent me a text one afternoon, a Sunday afternoon, and. Uh, the text said that he and his wife had become Christians. He had given his life to Christ while he was in prison and had, um, he had actually written grandpa's a letter of apology for what happened. And um, so um, it was right over the time that the youngest of their three girls with uh, cerebral palsy had passed away. And uh, that was a very, <clears throat> very difficult time for them so uh, it took her a while but she wrote him back forgiving him for what he did and that that really that spoke to him so strongly that he was that he he gave his life to christ and uh, that was that was such a blessing that he said that the next thing other than bible study was to be baptized and he he said that the next time that they're doing baptisms is i think it was like a month away or so and he wondered if I would be willing to be there for the baptism. And um, yeah, I, I said I'd be willing to do that. And uh, so, um, you know, I was planning to go down and be there for the baptism. About a week before the baptism, he texted me again. And he said that he'd been visiting with his pastor about it. And his pastor had told him that if there's anybody that he would like to have help baptize him, why that would be all right. And he wondered if I would be willing to do that. And um, I said, yeah, I would, I would be honored to. So I went and uh, went down there, took an old friend of mine down and um, went down there and I, I went down in the water and I helped baptize him. It was a very, very interesting baptism. Not at all what we're used to as Mennonites. Um, it was a, a baptism at the town pool with a swimming party afterward. So that was, I felt a little bit um, out of place, shall we say, but it was a it was a very very good experience. Um, I'm so glad I was able to be there, as he as he took that step in his in his Christian life. Um, things have been rather difficult for him the last while. His uh, him and his wife have divorced, and um, so yeah, things have been kind of tough for him. But um, <clears throat> you know, I believe that he's. He's serving the Lord where he's at, and that's that's a blessing. It was about three weeks after uh, Jeff's baptism that uh, that my mom died, my biological mom. Uh, I had seen her probably six or seven times in my life. Uh, we would go, you know, we would go down to visit 
but we could never we could never really communicate with them because of because of her condition um we were actually out in Mon in Montana on vacation when we uh, when we got word that she was not doing well. We knew that she was low, but um, it sounded like she would probably make it until we got back. Um, I almost flew home, flew home early because that was the one thing that I wanted probably more than anything else was to be there when she passed away. <clears throat> but she uh, she chose to go home before I was able to make it there. And uh, that was that was very difficult for me, um, not being able to be there. Um, the uh, the funeral was probably the hardest funeral that I've ever been at in my life. Um, you know, we we all want that connection with our parents, that uh, that relationship, and that was that was something that I was never never able to have with her because of her condition. Um, but I know that that one day there will be a a very very wonderful reunion in heaven, and uh, I so look forward to that day. Um, but I I, re I remember what um, what my uncle Dan said at the uh, at the family service before the funeral. He um, he said that he knows um, that of all the people who support me in my ministry. He knows that she's my number one supporter, and uh, and it's such a blessing to uh, to think about that. You know, when I'm when I'm sharing, when I'm going somewhere to speak, I know, I know that she's that she's with me, that she supports me, and that is that is such a blessing to know that. Um, and uh, since then, um, God has opened so many doors for me to speak. Um, there was a news article in our local paper about the whole thing a few years ago. Um, did an interview with the with the reporter and different things like that. And uh, we as a family were a little nervous about it when you turn a when you turn a secular reporter loose on a on a story like this. Um, but we were very very pleased with with how it with how it was written and how it was presented. And that was that was a real blessing. Um, it was very, very interesting to uh, to read the uh, the comments online about the whole thing, and um, yeah, some of the the people who are pro-choice for abortion, um, they just couldn't understand why the family would ever make would ever make their daughter go through that. Um, but it was very interesting to see how people used used that to uh to speak out against abortion and it was such a such a blessing to uh, to do that um god has yeah like i said god has opened many many doors for me to speak um i've been involved with uh prison ministry in uh in alabama with we care of prison ministries and also a little bit with uh, um with the gospel express in south carolina and those were amazing, amazing times. Um, <clears throat> when um, when we were in South Carolina for the uh, for the prison crusades uh, two years ago, I had the opportunity to uh, to share to all the, to share my story with all the volunteers um, that were preparing to go in, and um, the group that I was with was going to have Nelson Cublins as uh, as our guest or as our speaker because we were the new the new kids on the block and they didn't you know they didn't really know who we were so um that was such a blessing to be able to work with uh, with nelson that week and it was such a blessing to uh, to watch god use my story and also nelson's story um he shared parts of his story that that he didn't that he didn't want to go back to some very, very deep, very painful things that he had gone through. Um, but just to see how God can use the painful things in our lives to reach other people. It's just such a blessing to, uh, to, uh, to see God use that. And um, <clears throat> um, one interesting story here, um, I'm about done here, but one interesting story 
one um, incident that happened with me, one of the ways that God opened the door for me to, to share with someone was um, at the time of this story, we were, I was building barns on site. So we would go out to people's places and build them there on, on site. And um, the place where we were working, the customer was from uh, Ark City, which is about two hours away. It's the, um, the town that Jeff was living in when the whole situation came up, when, when everything happened. And, you know, it was big enough news that I was very curious to know whether this guy remembered the whole story. And, um, and the second day we were there, I, I asked him if he remembers a, uh, a situation where there was, you know, a lady, handicapped lady who was raped in a, in a, in a hospital. And, uh, oh, yeah, he said, I remember that very well. And then he's like, so what do you know about it? And uh, I said, well, that's very interesting because I am that baby and I have never ever seen anybody's jaw drop like that before. He just, it just floored him to, uh, to see how God can actually use something like that. And it was, it was a real blessing being able to, to minister to him in that way. So I, I don't really know how to wrap this up the best um, since this is not, since I don't have a crowd, but but I guess to, to all the people who are going to hear this, um, God has a plan for your life. And he also has a plan for your pain. You know, God allows us to go through things in life that we don't understand. But if we allow God to use that hurt and that pain, um, we will be, you will be amazed at what God will do with your hurt and your pain. Um, I know that... I guess I was just struck again. Um, I have a, a friend of mine who I kind of lost track of over the years. Um, his wife died yesterday. I'm not sure whether it was an accident or what happened, but um, he was 26 years old. He'd been married for four years or so. Um, you know, and we don't, you know, like that, we don't understand why God allows things like that to happen. But you know, as we, as we allow God to uh, to use our hurt and use our pain, um, we will first of all we'll be able to to deal with that hurt and 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 recover from that hurt, I guess, if you will. But then, not only that, we'll be able to use our experience to help others who are who are struggling with the same things, you know, or just you know other things in general. And um, so I encourage all of those who will listen to this podcast or whatever to, to use your hurt. Give your pain to Jesus. Don't waste your pain. God has given you that pain for a reason, and he wants to use your hurt and your pain to glorify himself. Um, I think that's pretty much all I have. I'll turn the time back over to you, Kendrick. I can say amen to that, Grant, what you, especially there, what you shared at the end. Uh, about God using our hurt. Um, wow. I, as I just sat here and, and listened to your story once again, even though uh, this is the second time hearing it, it's amazing how God can bring different aspects of a story out to you um, at different times. And yeah, there's multiple things that, that stuck out to me. Um, first off, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for sharing and yeah, as I was listening here and, and, and you were describing how in your younger years, um, how you felt angry or, or bitter inside, I guess, um, as I was sitting here thinking, listening to that and from a, a worldly perspective, many people would, would agree that you had every right to be angry and every right to be confused and bitter. Um, but seeing how surrendering that to God and, and bringing that to the cross and how he can use that, like you mentioned there in the end, how he can use that to bring him honor and glory and to see the, the lives that have been touched through your story already. Uh, it, it's mind blowing to me to think that, 
um, you know, like you shared, even a secular newspaper um, and all those people that read that and the prisons that you've been to um, and the churches that you've been to and the way that God has used your hurt and has used your story to bring him honor and glory is just really, really um, awesome and inspiring. So I want to say thank you so much for that. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on is you were talking about counseling. And I can relate very, very dearly to what you were saying um, about, you know, most people think that counseling is only for people that are very, very messed up, you know, that have done something mm -hmm. absolutely horrible. And that's what I was thinking um, as I was preparing to go to counseling as well. And as soon as I stepped inside those doors, I believe um, the counseling ministry that I went to used the same type of curriculum um, that you mentioned. And so as soon as I stepped inside the doors, it was amazing to, to see the welcoming smiles and just how at peace I felt during the whole experience. And I could definitely relate. Every time I left a counseling session, I just felt so much better. I felt like I, like you had mentioned, you were on cloud nine. That's exactly how I felt. Um, and yeah, I just want to, to echo what you were saying um, to those listening, like counseling is for literally everybody, especially good biblical counseling. Um, and you don't, you don't have to be um, super messed up or suicidal or whatever it may be to go to counseling. Um, I truly believe that everybody um, can, can draw closer to God and to learn something through counseling. Um, and yeah, I can definitely also relate to, you'd mentioned the prayer there at the end of your counseling. I had a very, very similar experience. Um, and so that was really, really cool to hear, to hear your experience through that. Um, honestly, I don't have, have a lot of questions. You did a very, very well job, um, a very good job of explaining and, uh, yeah, your story. And I can tell you have a gift of, of telling stories and the, yeah, it, very, very good job. Um, one question I do have is looking back over your life, who do you think would be one of the biggest influences in your life? Um, probably my grandpa, my dad or my grandpa. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very much involved with him. Um, my dad built cabinets and I was, I was not as much of a uh, carpenter as some. So I enjoyed um, driving tractors and farm equipment, that kind of thing. So uh, I spent a lot of time with grandpa and uh, we had some very, very good times. Mm -hmm. Very well. Well, yeah, I want to say thank you again um, for taking the time out of your Saturday evening um, to share your story with us. I just want to bless you as you go from here. Um, and I'm sure that God is going to use you in amazing ways um, in the future here. Maybe in closing, I know you, you kind of wrapped it up and kind of left people with a, a reminder or a closing. But if you would have maybe like one more minute or so to, if you'd have one minute to tell somebody um, one thing, what would it be? Um, boy, probably to, uh, to embrace the hurt and the pain. I know it's not fun, but if, you know, if we're going through it anyway, we might as well deal with it and, and give it to Jesus, you know, deal with that hurt and that pain because, you know, if we don't deal with it, we'll never be free. And, uh, yeah, like like I said, it's like if you if you if you never deal with it, you'll never be free. You'll never be able to help others who are struggling with the same things. Um, you know, personally, for me, I haven't met a lot of or hardly met anybody who's ever you know been been the product of a rape or whatever. But you know, there's a lot of people who have who have very very deep hurts, and you know, as we're willing to to deal with that hurt, we can, we can help ourselves and we can also help others. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Amen to that. Yes. Thank you once again um, mm -hmm. for taking the time and that will bring another episode of let it shine to a close. Thank you so much 
for taking the time to listen. You truly are the, the reason that this is able to keep on going out there. If there'd be nobody that would be listening to it, obviously we couldn't uh, keep producing it. So I just want to say a big thank you to all the listeners who are out there and who are listening. And I welcome you back next time for another episode of Let It Shine. Mm-hmm.